Okay, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, Merry Christmas. Good to see you guys. Sorry about that. Um, my name is Toby. Um, I'm one of the leaders here at Emmanuel. And uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, it's, uh, it's a very, very special time of uh, the year. Um, I have two children. Uh, one's th- one and one's three. And, uh, and um, it's very, very exciting in the Ford Western house, um, especially with the three-year-old um, who's just buzzing for all things Christmas. Um, uh, what we've been doing uh, this Christmas, um, uh, these past number of weeks, is I, I, I'd say doing things um, a little uh, bit differently. Um, we have, I guess, the, the word for the month of December for us really has been Revelation. Uh, Revelation was the, the, the title of our Christmas concert, and Revelation at Christmas is the title of uh, this kind of uh, short preaching series that we've been in through the month of December. And um, the whole idea uh, has really been this, that... The, 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 the humility of Jesus and the divinity of Jesus, uh, really, we, we want to try and bring them together. Um, because it's really only when you understand the, the divinity of Jesus can you really uh, begin to appreciate the, uh, the, the, the humility of Jesus, of course, at Christmas. And um, in the book of Revelation, uh, we see the divinity very, very clearly. Um, it's full-throated uh, in your face. And so that's what we've been done, doing, rather. We've been looking at the book of Revelation and contrasting it with um, some famous uh, Christmas uh, verses. And I think I'll start off by saying this. Uh, the way you know a cake is done is by sticking a knife in the center. Uh, the way you know the season is autumn is when leaves fall from trees. Uh, the way you know the sun will shine tomorrow is by a red sky the night before. Uh, and the way you know it's Christmas... <laughs> That's right. Uh, Christmas is now officially sponsored by Lynx Africa. And, uh, and uh, no, your eyes do not deceive you. Um, this picture was taken by uh, my fair hand at the Asda in the marina uh, the other week. And um, as I took the picture, I did pause for a moment and spare a thought for all the husbands, uh, fathers, and uncles that are doomed to receive one of these uh, uh, this Christmas, actually. Um, in fact, I've heard that there's a, there's a helpline for men that men can call uh, just in case they get one of these uh, Lynx gift sets. Um, I've actually thought ahead and I've already got a parcel appointment uh, with Alan Preston uh, for uh, just uh, for the first week of the new year. And, um, and no, no, when I, when I think about all the presents that I um, have been given over the course of my life, I think that quite possibly the present I've been given more than anything else is Lynx um, Africa. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and look, <laughs> look when, you, when, you, when you receive a present at Christmas, you want to be appreciative, right? You, you want to be, be grateful. And, uh, and, but for me, it's got to the point where I don't know which I'd rather receive this Christmas. Uh, one of those uh, or a cold. And, um, and, <laughs> and look, I've, look, I've got nothing wrong with... Uh, there's, I've got nothing against uh, the Lynx franchise or, Looking at I can see a bit of guilt on some of your faces. <laughs> some of you have bought this stuff already, haven't you? I can see it's awfully quiet over in this section. I'm just saying, just saying, look, there's nothing wrong with, um, uh, with, uh, with, with Lynx, uh, or oh, my personal favourite, um, Lynx Africa, um, because um, I've been to Africa, and uh, I can confirm this is exactly what it smells like. Um, <laughs> 
the whole thing, whole thing, whole continent smells just like that, just like that. Um, it's accurate, what can I say? And, uh, but as much as I'd love to stand here and do stand-up, um, I've, I've, uh, uh, I've been brought here for a mission to, to bring the word of God this morning. And so I'm very, very pleased to do that. Um, but I, 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 will, I will say this. Um, I've preached a lot this year, um, and not only myself, um, but Matt Carvel, uh, Stephen and Neville, we, um, by the grace of God, have brought the lion's share of the teaching uh, at this site. And I just wanted to, at the end of the year, just say uh, thank you and well done. Well done for being such a, a joy, uh, really, to, to preach to. And um, on behalf of myself personally, um, I thought, with it being Christmas Eve, um, I can't just say that and uh, not bring a gift. And so I brought a gift for you all. I brought a gift for the site. Would you like to see it? Would you like to see it? Right, okay. So this is your gift, uh, each of you, uh, for the site. I think I'll just place this here strategically. Um, no, I'm not on any commission, um, sadly. Um, but I did think this is a gift for the whole of the site. And I thought, what's the best way of administering this? Uh, so I thought perhaps the best thing to do is just later as we're getting the bread and wine, if you wouldn't mind exposing your armpits, uh, and Matt Carvel will just give us all a, a spray. Um, <laughs> short, short of that, I thought perhaps you wouldn't like that. It wouldn't go down too well. Uh, maybe we could vote for the, the member of the congregation that needs the most soap um, uh, in here. Or, um, I'd probably be a candidate for that one, to be honest. Um, and, uh, but, but perhaps the easiest thing to do is to give this to someone individually or two people individually. So... No judgment. Raise your hand if you haven't yet bought a present for that uncle. <laughs> Raise your hand. I'm going to give these to you. Go on. Who wants it? Who wants the Lynx Africa gift set? Ruth Preston, come up here. There's another one. Who wants it? Yes, come over. No judgment. Thank you very much. Round of applause. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Wow, what has the pulpit come to? Um, so, um, in other news, we are, as I said, in a series called... Uh, Revelation at Christmas. Uh, it's a series where we've been looking at the Christmas story and contrasting it with Revelation's glories. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the, the whole of Revelation chapter 5 uh, and compare it with this little, tiny, teeny little verse um, from Luke chapter 2. At Revelation chapter 5, this is what it says. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp 
in golden bowls full of incense, which, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals for you. You were slain. And by your blood, you ransomed people for, for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God. And they shall reign, reign on the earth. Then I looked. And I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and unto the lamb be blessing and honour and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Luke chapter 2, verse 16. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. A manger. As we've just read, um, the book of Revelation is mysterious. Um, and with it being mysterious, um, it, is, um, it is difficult to, to, to understand. And um, I'd say that the book of Revelation is uh, more difficult to understand than VAR, and that is difficult to understand. Um, and, uh, and the reason that Revelation is difficult to understand, and we spoke about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago, is purely because of the type of literature it is. Uh, because when we look at the books of the Bible, uh, each of them uh, fall into a category, uh, from poetry to prophecy, from um, uh, letters to law, from uh, the writing of history to the writing of songs, from uh, books of wisdom to four biographies, really, of the Lord Jesus Christ's life. Each of these categories brings with it uh, a unique, well, unique features and a distinct style. Now, the category that the book of Revelation falls into is what we call apocalyptic literature. And again, we looked at some of this a couple of weeks ago. Apocalyptic literature, contrary to popular belief, doesn't mean end of the world. Or apocalyptic or apocalypse doesn't mean the end of the world. It means an unveiling. And that's really what we see in the book of Revelation. We are seeing an unveiling of the ultimate plan of God and the ultimate person, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, really in his native environment. Now, one of the distinct kind of key features and traits of apocalyptic literature is its use of symbols and imagery. And Revelation really is replete with these kind of symbols. And what it's doing really is it's drawing heavily from the treasure chest of the Old Testament. It is deep, delving deep into Old Testament themes, images, and concepts, and, and packing them all in, if you like, to this extraordinary image, imagery in this one book of of revelation. And this explains something of what John is seeing. He's seeing these extraordinary things. And if you're with us last week, we, 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 we looked at the, the search for a candidate. 
uh, the search for a candidate to um, receive the scroll of God. Uh, quite literally, the search for a candidate to become the executor uh, to God's will. Uh, this is what it says. It says, And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud word, voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. Uh, now this scroll, uh, this scroll has been written by God and the scroll uh, features uh, heavily in the chapter. And the importance of the scroll um, can't be understated uh, because contained in the scroll is uh, God's plan to um, uh, bring an end to uh, human kingdoms and bring about his heavenly kingdom. Uh, the, the, contained in the scroll is God's plan to, to again, to bring an end to uh, this sinful age and bring about a future, eternal, sinless age. Contained in this scroll is God's plan to, to bring justice to birth, um, salvation to the church, and heaven to earth. The scroll is God's plan to end the world, at least as we know it. And the scroll starts um, at the point of the, the ascension of Jesus. We have the resurrection, and then we have the ascension of Jesus. It's worth mentioning that uh, these two are two distinct events in history. Uh, they're not the same thing. The resurrection is Jesus being raised from the dead. The ascension is Jesus being raised into heaven. Uh, we see that the resurrection comes first and the ascension. Uh, from Acts chapter 1, it tells us the ascension was about 40 days after uh, the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, it's important uh, to distinguish her. Uh, and and we, know, we know that uh, this scroll is starting at that point in history uh, purely because of what it says in our, our passage. Uh, this is what it says. It says, And I saw a lamb, which is Jesus, standing as though it had been slain, and he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. Uh, Jesus uh, takes the scroll, um, which is ultimately to execute the will of God. And, and by executing the will of God, what Jesus is really doing is bringing the kingdom of God. And so the scroll likely starts at the point of the ascension of Jesus, and it culminates in the final two chapters of the book of Revelation, which are actually the final two chapters of the book of the Bible, in, in finally... Uh, heaven and earth being reunited, a God and man being reunited as they once were in the garden, as God himself walked in the cool of the day with his man and his woman. Now, it's, the scroll isn't just, or the chapter isn't just concerned with uh, who is worthy to secure the scroll. The chapter is also just as much concerned with who is worthy to sit in the seat, uh, the seat at the right hand of, of God. And the Bible that talks about this, this kind of famous, if you like, seat, this seat of prominence at the right hand of God. And, and we use this kind of language even in business today. Perhaps you are a business owner or, or, or whatnot, and you might say that this person is your right-hand man or, or right-hand woman. Uh, what you're really saying is that this person is so key, so important to the running of the organization. Like you, you look to them, like they're almost kind of running it with you. And, and, and this is something of the, uh, the idea behind the Bible's referencing of this uh, right hand of God. 
At the right hand of God is a seat of prominence. It's a seat of authority. It's a seat that comes with wisdom. It's a seat of all sovereignty. And there's only one spot. And I can go into the Greek, um, there isn't the time, but suffice to say that um, there are some uh, translations that would say that this scroll is in the right hand of God. Um, But what the Greek more accurately says is that uh, this scroll is to the right side of God. Uh, This is an important distinction. It's not so much in the right hand, it's at the right side. And and, and so let me put it it like this. Um, the scroll, it would appear, is, is on or above or around in the vicinity, anyway, of the seat at the right hand of God. Uh, bringing it to the modern day, um, if human history was a car, um, the, this kind of heavenly scroll would be its steering wheel. And to appropriately steer a car, really, you need to be sat in the seat. Uh, so just as the, 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 the steering wheels and, and car seats go together, so too the heavenly scroll and the heavenly seat go together. That they come as a package. And so here's the sequence. Uh, Jesus dies, he rises, he ascends, he sits down. He sits down at the right hand of God. At which point he then receives this scroll of God. He breaks open and begins to administer it, bringing about judgments on the earth and salvation to the earth. He does all of this on behalf of his father. And in anticipation of these kind of judgments and, and, and mercies, there's a party. And that really is what uh, the second half of uh, Revelation chapter 5 is all about. They sing and they sing and they sing. Quite literally, they sing three different songs. They say these things. Worthy are you to take this scroll, to open its seals for you, Jesus. You were slain. And by your blood, you ransomed people from God, for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. They sing, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. They sing, to him who sits on the throne and unto the land, be blessing and honour and glory and might forever and ever. They sing and they sing and they sing. And what's interesting is uh, this is Revelation chapter 5 and this isn't Revelation chapter 19, 20, 21 or even 22. Uh, Jesus has only just in the passage received the scroll and they're singing as if it's all done. Why? Because they know it's as good as done with Jesus at the helm. All things know that it is Jesus in the seat. It is Jesus with the scroll. It is Jesus who has been found worthy. And therefore, it is Jesus with full control. And so, they party. But what's interesting is, even, even the animals sing. And I heard every creature, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing. Likely with, with, with barks and growls and, and hissing and howls, with snorts and squeaks, with ribbits and tweets, with, with buzzing, with clapping with purrs and with quacking. 
all creation, all animals, they sing. And it's interesting to me. It's kind of like, I don't, I don't usually like quoting movies when I'm preaching, but I'll do this just this once. Um, it's kind of like in The Lion King, that scene. You know the scene where Mufasa, the king, has a son, Simba, and the monkey uh, thing comes <laughs> and, and, and takes the son. What does it do? It lifts the son up. And as the sun is lifted up, what happens to the animal kingdom? They are jubilant. They explode. They erupt. They bow down low. They shout and, and make the noise that God has given them to make in celebration of this sun being lifted up. Really, it could be, it, it's really taken from Revelation chapter 5. Uh, this is really the story of the Bible, actually. As the sun is lifted up, lifted up from the ground, crucified. As the sun is lifted up in terms of being raised from the dead. As the sun is lifted up in terms of the ascension, being seated at the right hand of the Father. As the sun ultimately is lifted up, all creation celebrates. The kingdom, the animal kingdom delights as God's kingdom arrives. It's a wonder. It's a real wonder. And I tell you, friends, if, if these animals didn't sing, the rocks would cry out. The rocks would cry out. And that's exactly what will happen, actually. Uh, this is what Jesus says in, in Luke chapter 19, verse 40. He says, the rocks will cry out. Even, even mute things will worship Jesus. Uh, this is because the Bible doesn't just talk about the worship of human beings. The Bible talks about the worship of heavenly beings. The Bible doesn't just talk about the worship of angels. It talks about the worship of, of animals. The Bible doesn't just talk about the worship of the nations. The Bible talks about the worship of creation. Even mute things, even the realm of the inanimate will worship Jesus, this baby that was born in a manger. We see this in a number of places in the Bible. We see this in the Psalms, which talk about creation shouting, the fields exulting, trees singing. Uh, we see this in Isaiah chapter 55, which talks about mountains singing and, and trees clapping their hands. Friends, this isn't just poetry. This is the Bible telling you what is going to happen. This means that all creation worships Jesus. Jesus deserves the worship of every atom, every molecule, every quart. And, and it's interesting because we see this through, through the Bible, that all creation knows who Jesus is. Because when we look at the story of Jesus, we see that the water that turned to wine knew who Jesus was. The pigs that rushed to be drowned knew who Jesus was. The storm that calmed knew who Jesus was. The fig tree that withered knew who Jesus was. Friends, everything is in on it. Everything is in on it. It's a wonder. Creation truly trembles at his rebuke. It rejoices in his coming. It even mourned in his dying. 
Matthew chapter 24, verse 27, verse 45. There was darkness over the land until the ninth hour. Creation mourns as Jesus dies. And it's only when we begin, begin, begin to understand the heights of Jesus' worship. It's only when we begin to understand the fact that he commands the worship of everything that we begin to understand the depths to which Jesus would descend for us. In Revelation, animals cry out to him. At Christmas, animals cry out to him. At the cross, animals cry out to him. Only at the cross they would say, crucify him, crucify him. Crucify him. In Revelation, worshipped by animals. At Christmas, laid with the animals. At the cross, treated like an animal. In Revelation, exaltation. At Christmas, incarnation. At the cross, humiliation. It's only when you begin to see the heights of his worship that you understand the depths that he would descend for you and for me. And you've got to ask the question, you've got to ask the question, why? (laughs) Why would you come at Christmas? Why would you do that for me? Two weeks ago, we we, we learned about the 24 elders. And we, we went into some detail then Um, But suffice to say, it's likely that the 24 elders in Revelation represent the fullness of the people of God, Old Testament and New, Old Covenant and New, pre-Jesus and post-Jesus. This includes you, if you're a believer here. And what we see in the passages is is, is fascinating to me. We, we, We see, as Jesus takes the scroll, his elders, the elders, activate uh, this, is, uh, this is what we, we read. It says this. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Interesting. As Jesus takes the scroll, uh, the, the people of God engage. As Jesus receives control to outwork the the fullness of history, the people of God engage in two categories. They engage with harps, which symbolizes worship. They engage with incense, which the passage says symbolizes prayer. What this is telling us is this, that one of the major ways that Jesus outworks this scroll, one of the major ways that Jesus brings the kingdom of God is by your prayers and through your worship. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. It's no wonder that the 24 elders wear crowns and sit on thrones because they've been appointed to rule. You, if you're a Christian, 
You've been appointed to rule. And that rulership doesn't start kind of at the end of the story. That rulership starts now. If you're a Christian, you've been elected. You're elect. God has chosen you to rule with Christ. And even as Jesus is ruling and reigning with a scroll in his hand, so too you are ruling and reigning as you govern through prayer and celebrate through worship. This means that no matter how puny your prayers or pale your praise, your worship, your prayers, your incense, your harps, they're changing history. You have the power by the, through the name of Jesus to, to change uh, people's eternal destinies through your prayers. You, you got, have the authority to change global situations through your prayers. And this is one of the reasons that Jesus would, would come. He comes at Christmas. He shows humility so that you can be given authority. Jesus comes down so that you can wear this crown. Jesus enters our story so that we can share in his glory. Revelation, excuse me, Romans chapter 8, verse 17. And it's, it's at that that quite possibly the, maybe, the happiest chapter in the Bible, Revelation 5, concludes. And so we, we end really with an, a stunning scene. <laughs> we, we, we see that God and the Son of God, with God the Father's many, many, many children before him, holy, healthy, happy with God and his many children before him, the many children singing, dancing, clapping. We have the fullness of the animals, the angels, the nations and all creation joining in universal worship to Jesus and to the Father God. but there's one last order of business because then this happens. Zephaniah 3. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. That's what's going on before God. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst you shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said unto Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let all your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. And you might be forgiven for thinking that the, the Bible's last picture is all of God's children singing to him. But there's coming a moment when God himself will grab the mic and begin to sing to you. That's what it says. He will exult over you with loud, loud singing. He will sing. He will dance he will shout. Why? 
because his kingdom will have finally come, all stemming from Christmas with the birth of his son. If you've um, been with us these last three weeks as we've been going through Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5, really what we've done is gone through, in short, um, a summary of the whole book, actually, of Revelation. Uh, We've seen the manger and the majesty. We've seen the angels and the animals. We've seen the gold and the scroll. We've seen the acclaim and the shame. And if, through this series, you've seen more of Jesus' divinity and more of Jesus' humility, I'm pleased to say, you've had a revelation at Christmas. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for these extraordinary truths. Um, Truths that even when films seek to kind of bring them out, even then we're just like, really, that's, surely that, you know, that's far-fetched. Lord, but the the reality is more (laughs) far-fetched. The reality is more extraordinary. Lord, we we love you, Jesus. (laughs) We love you. We love your divinity. We celebrate it. But Lord, just as much, we love your humility that you would, at Christmas, become one of us, a man. Lord, often people in our day and age talk about representation Someone that looks like me. Well, Lord, there's someone that looks like us on the throne of heaven. A man that looks like us with two hands, two eyes, two feet. Oh, our great brother. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you would come for us. We celebrate you. Happy birthday. (laughs) And everybody said, Amen. Amen.